every time another day, calendar day turns, more information comes out about this stuff. Now Michigan, Michigan has kind of spoken out. So Michigan has sent a response to the Big Ten, uh, their notice of a disciplinary action, and uh, they're basically saying, like, uh, no. <laughs> they're, Michigan, uh, its notice is required by the sports policy. In the event it becomes clear that an institution will likely be subject to penalties, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Michigan's kind of, uh, as they should, fighting back on all of this. Is is Jim Harbaugh going to be suspended? Is that where it's, it's, it's trending to right now? Prob- probably, but probably not because, I mean, any time – there's an investigation going on and findings aren't happening. I think you could take that to a court and have a stay of execution where a suspension can't happen until findings are actually found out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can point out, hey, guy was on the sidelines. There's video evidence of him being at places. There's paper trails of him paying people or people paying him, depending on which way it goes for the tickets they got and the trading of uh, then file sharing and all that. Um, it The NCAA hasn't made anything official yet. So yeah, uh, Michigan just, because, just because there's evidence that clearly leans in that direction doesn't mean it's going to come out. That Michigan way. was kind of saying they're like, don't you bypass any of these, you know, things we have to follow and go through first. Yeah, it, it's, it's the one thing in this whole situation that, they seem to be getting right. Let the due process play out as no matter what side you fall on this, like, yes, a finding has to happen. And the NCAA has always been dramatically slow uh, on findings, except when it comes to Wisconsin football players uh, or, or Wisconsin athletes who transfer and can't play for, for some reason or another. I'm yeah. just laughing because I think we should go through the, yeah, go through the, the chronological There's a lot. events in the, in the order. So well, let's go back to last year. Michigan gets busted. What was it? One of their staffers for computer hacking where it comes. Hacker man. Yeah. Where, uh, and it feels like that's just like a one-off isolated yeah. incident where it's one of their staffers, some trying to hack into like I mean, some it wasn't just a staffer it was the court offensive yeah. coordinator <laughs> but it's like that that felt like did it not feel like that was a one-off yeah where it was like oh this guy kind of went rogue in but his then office they immediately fired him yeah they can him <laughs> and that's that and then a year later this connor stallions <laughs> becomes a a guy that wrote a 600 page manifesto on how to make <laughs> the best possible uh, Michigan program and recruit the best possible player and you know the ins and outs and then all of a sudden it True comes Michigan out man. that yeah yeah he's he's sign stealing yeah. he's got all these signs stolen then let's not forget the first picture that surfaced was in Central Michigan of him wearing Central Michigan garb on the sideline with the sunglasses oh, and, the, and the James Bond right. video recording glasses <laughs> yeah. pictures that were before that were him holding cards of like legit ha- shadow like silhouettes of. But then after, after the Central Michigan picture uh, blows up, then other teams are like start scanning all of their history. And they're like, oh, wait, he was on our sideline too. Wait, he bought How tickets to our games too. How many sidelines was he caught on? They just have I think it was at Central least Michigan? like five or six that they said they had confirmation of either pictures of him being there, credentials, or um, proof of buying tickets. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, then, then all of that sidelines. comes out. And well, then proof you, of buying tickets was a lot more. 
because like for some reason, yeah, they had he a lot bought of that. tickets under his own name. Yeah, but the idiot. Remember the turn goes to then he was working with a group of people where it was like him and a few others, and that was all the <laughs> Venmo transactions of sweatshirts and T-shirts. Yep, yep. And then it turns out that uh, the the reason that this was all I guess busted or came out was because of a person from an online chat board from Tennessee. Yeah, but then it was linked to an Ohio State yeah. one, which then the Ohio State message board that supposedly leaked it was the brother or the relative of Ryan Day, the head coach for Michigan. Yeah, and which then- hasn't been proven factual <laughs> yet. That's the one thing I'm like, how do we not know that one yet? And okay, then the, What's the LLC in here? Then the best part was then you had guys like Greg Schiano come out that were Greg Schiano of Rutgers or Ryan Walters, the new head coach at Purdue, talking about how they we knew that they stole our signs and that this had been going on and this is BS. So then we turned around and gave Michigan signs to Ohio state or insert whatever team they were playing was a Purdue in the big 10 championship game. So then there were coaches saying we knew this. So then when we stole their signs, we gave them to other teams, which is actually a legal part. <laughs> and then yes, there was the LLC, how this Connor stallions was given like what uh was it a lodging? Yeah. And then there was potentially Michigan players like, Blake Corum, who are tied up potentially who in has it. has no clue about it, but yet he's listed on everything. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a wild story. It's, it's like yeah. you thought it, it was just going to be some staffer that, you know, was very passionate about Michigan football. And he, he had this manifesto about how to make Michigan football the best it could possibly be. And yeah, did he maybe bend the rules and was on a sideline or two? Yeah, it looks like it. But now it's so deep. There's so many different layers to this onion. What if Connor Stallions was actually sent in by Ohio State to infiltrate? That's what I'm saying. He was the the original plan. But he's so deep now. He's he's thought himself to be a Michigan. He's a double man. agent. Well, or is he a, will that no, be a triple, think, be a triple he's, agent? He's too far deep. He can't come back out. He's. It's like how the Mike McCarthy <laughs> fan club started. You're trolling everyone. Then eventually you get so in deep and depth in the troll that you actually believe it. Then well, on the you like, brainwash yourself. Would that not be the ultimate turn if he was? planted by Ohio State like that would be so funny but if you just look at what we know and not making things up like going down the the rabbit hole with what is this just look at what we know though like Connor Stallions is in way deeper than what this originally was and I I, like I can't even wrap my mind around how there's detailed and and deep there's an LLC involved too of Connor Stallions getting paid money did you guys see this yeah so, you know, I told you the other day about the house thing. Sorry, yeah. say your piece first. And I'll well, say I mean, he's this is a guy who started out as a volunteer, like, intern watching film to help out the program. <laughs> and then, like, I it, it just him. went to the, the, oh, hey, this kid actually knows what he's doing. Like, don't you ask, like, how do you get all this stuff just by video? Well, packing? I think they know because then this happened. So... Stallions bought a home near campus in March of 2022 for almost five hundred thousand dollars, and he was getting paid fifty. Yeah, and he, he was—he's only getting paid fifty k, fifty thousand yeah. dollars. And boys, I don't know if unless you have a gigantic down payment, 
Maybe you ain't getting a half a million dollar home on a fifty thousand dollar salary. The Naval Academy. Maybe he had a good. That's deal my from, favorite uh, point about this. Maybe now. had a good Michigan deal from people USAA. are defending him. They're like, he's a he's a veteran. He's a former Marine. But I love the fact that they went to investigate him and ask him questions about it, and he's just like complete Michigan man. Like yeah. f off. I'm not answering yeah. that question. Nope. Nope. This here's the, here's. <laughs> but then they, a lawyer puts out a statement. Harbaugh knew nothing. Well, oh, thank God. This this is here's a little twist to the story as well that's even off the beaten path of football. Ooh. Per this article, Stallions who bought the house for almost half a million dollars, he was sued then by the homeowners homeowners association for quote having dozens of old vacuum cleaners on his front porch. Okay? What? Stallions who rep- <laughs> Stallions who what? represented himself in the court in response to a formal summons claim quote whoever has chosen to sue me either one doesn't like the fact that I'm a veteran, or two, is a Michigan State fan and knows I am a Michigan football coach and wants to draw my attention away from Michigan football. What? So the Homeowners Association I get it, were suing like, him for what? having dozens of old vacuum cleaners on his front porch, which broke the code of the Homeowners Association. He then said, you either hate me because I'm a veteran or you're a Michigan State fan and tried to distract me from my 600-page manifesto, I, Michigan football. He then admitted that he sold and restored and sold items on Amazon and claimed that he kept his inventory in a storage unit, but it just happened to have a bunch on his front porch. So now this guy says he's running a restore business on Amazon. <laughs> well, I mean, he was selling sweatshirts and all T-shirts. I know, what is going on with this guy? All I know is to be able to afford that $500,000 home, that's a lot of sweatshirts and that's a lot of vacuums. I, I have <laughs> seen I people on, You're getting uh, paid off the side. on Twitter who... Have said, you know, I'm ex-military or retired Marine or whatever, and they're like, if he actually was a good one, he wouldn't have gotten caught. So I'm uh, like, G Dub, one of our listeners, and his twin brother, they're both Marines. G Dub just said, it's not like he's a smart man; he's a Marine, right? And by the way, I do believe it's the Marines' birthday tomorrow. Um, someone correct me if I'm wrong on that. I, usually, Marines tell you nonstop that's the the Marines' Corps' birthday coming up. I think it's tomorrow. G Dub, as a Marine that you are, would you welcome in Staley to open arms and party with him as a fellow Marine? November 10th, you are correct. Yeah, there we go. This this, this story's wild. I love this story because it's just every there's new little weird details yeah. coming out every single day. If you if you had to just follow one story from anything going on in the world right now, I think the most interesting one is Connor Stallion Stallions in the Michigan football program. Yeah. And you know what? After all is said and done, with all the sketchiness and everything like that, with the LLCs and the tickets exchanging and everything. I still don't feel like this is a huge major issue. I think it's entertaining as hell. I think it's hilarious, but it feels like something that maybe not quite as deep and maybe they're a little better at hiding it. It still feels like something that almost every single team is doing or trying to do the best they can. Um, I will say not every program goes out and sends people to, um, future opponents games uh i saw somebody say this happens all the time uh i know somebody who used to be a player and when he was injured they sent him to other conference games i'm like that's not true like you're 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 making that up uh like if it it just doesn't happen that that doesn't happen i and even like game days people are there 
Like, if you're paid, you're at the game. See, I just don't get what the difference would be where if you're going to exchange films and exchange tape and you potentially could have opponents you've already played that could maybe because they need the team to beat you and whatever scenario for them to advance in a better bowl game or Mm -hmm. in the conference standings that they can hand over whatever they know about you. Yeah. I don't get why you can't send somebody to a game then. Like I feel like it's all is fair. I I don't know what else to tell you. Um, It's, it's like, as long as you're not at their practices, like and in their that would be the ultimate mole, right? Kind of like the Connor Stallions. If you're at their practices and and know their signals from the inside and you're leaking them. Yeah. Um, I feel like it should be like fair game. By the way, G-Dub says he would not party with this Marine for the Marines' I birthday tomorrow. That. He says he sounds like a nerd, um, the Stallions. The one thing I will say is, though, like for even teams, because, I mean, all teams video, like, you know, they they're up in the – two crow's nests at either end of the stadium so you get the wide view of like the all 22 i don't um, so how about this? like you're next to people from the other school so it's not like you're like zoning over to the <laughs> sideline so funny that he's <laughs> dressed in like central michigan apparel or whatever team was they were scouting or the opposite team that they were playing if he would have been sitting in the stands front row with like a camera or whatever, I would have been like, that seems like it's pretty fair. Like, you know what I mean? But the fact that he was on the sidelines and he somehow he got James there Bond makes it even more hilarious. Video but if, <laughs> if he would have just been sitting in the front row or sitting in the stands doing the same thing, I feel like it's not a huge issue to me. Should Harbaugh be suspended? Yeah, maybe a couple games, but I feel like this isn't a major thing. Here's how you know it's wrong. He came to the game, made his own credentials, Dressed in opponent's garb, whatever. He came well, to the game in James Bond sunglasses that had a camera in it. That's how you, that that's makes, how you yeah, know it's that's wrong. How you make um, it, because you have a secret video camera in your sunglasses. Do we know he made his like own Ethan credential? Hunt. Or did he, did, did he use a fake name and get a credential? It's not even James Bond. This is like Ethan Hunt. I don't know what. <laughs> James Bond would have done it more classy. Ethan Hunt would be like down and dirty gritty with it. That's what Stalings was. I'll be honest, though. <laughs> does this not feel like something that... Jim Harbaugh would be all about. Like I feel like he'd be like he'd be like helping him clip the the ID so that it matched perfectly. I need a movie about this. Like it's like Harbaugh sitting there. No, 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 no. Here you go. Here's the opening scene in the movie. It's a guy just scribbling in like note paper, like a manifesto. He's like in a dark room, just Mm -hmm. scribbling, scribbling, and then it's like cuts to him like on the sidelines, putting on like the James Bond, like Mission Impossible glasses. Turns out that's why that's why Jim Harbaugh wears glasses. His actually have uh, sign stealing capabilities as well. Hollywood, take notes. This is a movie you need to make. Have you ever felt this less excited about a Wisconsin game? You know, they're averaging 23 points. It's the lowest they've had, been averaging in about 20 years. Yeah. I mean, I know there's injuries, and I know it's a new system, but from when the Isn't air rate... lower than that right now? Hey, it didn't. It's a 20. I think it's 20. Because before last week, it was 19 and a half. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm confusing the 20 with the 20 years of the lowest scoring. It's not good. That could be it. It's not good. I know there's injuries. Get the, uh, get the research, the research department's on it. From air raid offense to, I told you guys it wasn't good. What do you even call it? And it's not. It didn't even call it an offense. It's it's spread power eye. 
And right now, you don't have a fullback. So you don't have get running rid of your backs. power eye. It's just a spread eye yeah, or a spread offset eye. Out of running the, backs, by the way, <laughs> for fullbacks here. In oh, also, your fullback who's starting was an all-state running back in high school. And he's only a sophomore, so he's two years removed from being all-state at running back. Well, I think when you look at this season with the fact that there had to be changes on offense and defense, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, yes. That's that's what we should have been told at the beginning of the year. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. There's going to be growing pains. That's yeah. Because when you think about it, had they hired Jim Leonard and he would have taken his staff, you know, in the the Bobby Aprils of the world would have stayed, and and some of the guys that were maybe better off Jim Leonard right now, you know, that were with here for one season. I think you would have been better off with the Jim Leonards of the world because RJ, you would have stayed with the three four defense. Mm-hmm. You would have had if you look at the Badgers roster, their defensive line, though it might be a little thin, is still pretty solid. It is their yeah. linebacking core for a three four is still pretty good. Yeah. And then you're not playing as many corners and in and defensive backs, and we know that where they lost most of their players on on the team was at the back end on the defense. Mm-hmm. It was at the safety and, and especially corner three, two, six, right? Yeah, now. and you you <laughs> lost a lot of corners. Well, you would have been having less defensive backs out there. You already had two to three solid safeties. I also know this defense defensive staff clearly not good talent evaluators because it's amazing when uh uh jong meta gets in there and the defense actually becomes clamped down and yet they have him sitting on the bench for the whole first half he's good until an injury happens it's yeah. it's it's frustrating to see what's going but on. that's like the defense for this year if they would have played three four would still have been a really solid defense yeah. you wouldn't have had all the defensive backs where you graduated and and lost everyone mm-hmm. playing as much because it's a really young secondary right now. And then you're forced to use more than you ever have before. So if they would have played the three, four with a Jim Leonard defense, the defense would be so much better Then offensively. When you look at the offensive line, you look at the running backs you had brought back. They probably would have been better in the pro style offense playing out of Paul Christ, but that's just for this year. Once right. Luke Fickle and the coaching staff get their offenses and defensive in place and they get to recruit two, three years and, and use the transfer portal where they get to find players that fit their system, not a completely different system that the other coaching staff used. It's the, we need to go through pain for one or two years to get to where you want to be in two, three, four years. Sorry, I think mm-hmm. the research department just tapped you on the shoulder. They did. So Big Ten play is 19 and a half. Okay, overall? Overall play is 23.6. Okay. So we were Ooh. both correct. We were just on Well, a we've never wavelength. been wrong. There, not a few bucks, dude. <laughs> yeah, look at here. Uh, total offense, the Badgers coming at 74th in the nation. Um, 375.6 yards per game. 24 offensive touchdowns, 5.23 yards a play on 3,380 yards with 646 plays total. They are averaging the most points for in the Big Ten West, <laughs> but would be sixth in the East. What is the Big Ten West? Now, you ever seen those like ugly dog competitions? Is is being the leader of the Big Ten West like that? Is that like winning an ugly dog competition? Like That would be being the leader of the Legends division. Yeah, would be winning the ugly dog. I guess because you'd be the ugliest of something, and the Badgers aren't. This would be like you go into the competition to be the worst at something, 
and and you're the runner. You're the runner, uh, runner up. up. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> oh gosh, the Badgers. Oh, well, okay, Northwestern. They almost beat Iowa. Could have beat Iowa. Yeah. Are we nervous about Northwestern? You have to be. After that, like, man, that lost Northwestern's playing their best football right now. Yeah, I, I, Northwestern. You don't want to say no, but I mean. I don't see how you can't say anything, but uh, I don't They nervous. beat Maryland, a high-flying offense, and somehow they scored more than them. Um, came back and beat Minnesota when they and, were down big going into the fourth quarter. 21, yeah. 28. And it's going to like that. I don't think there's going to be much energy Saturday, boys. At the, at Camp there never is no. for a Northwestern game, no. whether it's in Northwestern or in Madison. It always what's feels the weather well. looking like? Unless it's always rainy. Unless and... there's a catch, Jazz uh, Peavy caught that ball. Unless there's a catch, a kick return that's brought back, another touchdown brought back because of holding. Three touchdowns were brought back in that game. All right, high of forty-four, partly cl- when they cloudy play on Saturday in Ryan Field. It's always crappy weather. It's always dark and gloomy. (laughs) Whenever they play in Madison, there's no energy. It's just, yeah, I've never just is what it is. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Um, What was a couple weeks ago? um, The game leading into the Wisconsin game was a Northwestern game, and it was like bright and sunny. And like somebody made the comment, "What? What is that?" Like. (laughs) That's listen, not what Evanston looks like. Wasn't normal. <laughs> if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season when I saw Northwestern play their first game, how many games is this team going to win? Pretty sure we talked about. It. I'm I like, we said yeah. zero. No, we they said had, they'd beat UTEP. They, and oh, they could have. Yeah, they could have two wins this season. UTEP and Howard. Guess what? They beat UTEP and thoroughly beat UTEP, yeah. thirty-eight to seven. Then they came back from down twenty-one against Mich- Mich- uh, Minnesota, Minnesota and got a win. Yep. They then beat Howard. Yep. And one then guy, they've beaten. Guy, Maryland, and then you pepper in there a close loss at Nebraska, a close loss against Iowa. I mean, this team basically, basically since the UTEP game, they've played relatively good football for what you thought they were going to be Mm -hmm. because look at their losses. Okay, they got smoked against Penn State. Penn State's a top 10 team in the country. Okay, they got beat by 24 at Duke. That was when Riley Leonard was healthy and that Duke team was firing on all cylinders. Like That's a much better Duke team September 16th when they played than right now because they had their good quarterback. Some of their defensive players weren't hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't. It's Nine not like this team is good. Forty-two and a half. I'm taking the under and Northwestern with the points. I, I want to throw this out there. It's not like Northwestern is good. They're just playing their better football and they're better than what we expected. Yeah. We expected two wins. They have four. They I still mean, have three games left to play. We we really outside of that, and we were guessing on those wins because we didn't know what was going to happen with this football team when the whole. Yeah. Uh, hazing thing broke out. Yeah, you lost Fitzgerald right before the season, and you're like, well, what's going to happen? And then I think another thing was you. we all anticipated, oh, it's Rutgers. It's going to be the same old Rutgers. They've, you know, Greg Schiano's a good coach, but they've they've still been kind of crappy since mm-hmm. his second uh, stint with the, the program. Yeah. Well, they went and played Rutgers and kind of got hammered on 24-7. to And you're like, yeah, this Northwestern team, they don't have it. That offense is horrible. Right. Well, it turns out Rutgers' defense good. is actually pretty darn <laughs> pretty, good. Pretty, and this is arguably pretty. one of the better Rutgers teams by the end of the year that Shiano would have had probably since the Ray Rice days. Mm-hmm. And their special teams is top 10 in the country. Their defense is like top 25. And their offense is better than the Rutgers offense the last handful of years. Turns out, 11 point win. Yeah, this Rutgers team has lost three games. 
Ohio State, Michigan, those are two top five teams in the country, and Wisconsin. And you could say without that pick six, yeah, they might have beat Wisconsin. Oh, I mean, that's, that right. was a nail biter. 17, 13. All right, public gets a break. <laughs> Let's squeeze one in. Line one, good morning. What do we got? Welcome on in. Speaking about getting hammered. There you go, Johnny, what's up, baby? This game, you guys are not excited. I'm very excited because we've got a dude who's never coached football at the head coach level going against the greatest coach Wisconsin has ever hired <laughs> at Camp Randall. Northwestern. Do you think they've got a lot of talent? No. Wisconsin, all hype, all offseason about how much talent these guys are bringing in. They're guys, no excuses. What could possibly go wrong? Everything. <laughs> I just, I just, man, all this season is just fun, right? Anytime that sports communities are at odds with each other, it's fun. The Craig Council thing. Some people love them. Some people hate them. That's fun. Joe Barry. One person loves them. Everyone else hates them. That's fun. Hey, hey, Vagabond, I was at uh, the Palace Cinema last night in Sun Prairie. We went check out Bingo. It's free bingo there. It was really oh, fun. It was really fun. I got into an, uh, a, a conversation with a Cowboys fan, and he's like, oh, I kind of like Matt LaFleur. I'm like, I would rather have Joe Barry be the head coach right now over Matt LaFleur. And he, he was beside himself, Vagabond Johnny. You're goddamn right you would. <laughs> but, man, I, I, I'm excited for this weekend. I think it's going to be fun. Our sports teams are back at The Packers got a top 10 defense. How about that? Yeah. Tennessee's coming to the Kohl Center. How about that? We've got a 2.30 game. So downtown Regent Street's going to be absolutely popping again. Weather's going to be great. How about that? I mean, this you is coming out? sports season. I'm thinking about it. And Don't wear white. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I won't be dumping a drink over all my white sweater again. Well, yeah, but, I mean, uh, you had, well, full disclosure, it was your fiance that dumped the first thing on you. You just had to, you know, make it look like a tie dye project. Yeah, I just had. Uh, Are you predicting a win or a loss? Outside. I honestly have no idea. I think the nine and a half points is insane. I feel like Vegas just doesn't watch Wisconsin versus Northwestern enough. Um, I, I think I'm predicting Can you blame a win, them? but. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think I'm, I'm predicting a win. I don't think they're going to cover, but man, Braden Locke, I mean, you better get after it. Northwestern's the pinnacle of team, right? I mean, they've got no talent on that team. They lost all their first rounders, second rounders. Hey, Northwestern's put a lot of players in the NFL in the last couple of years. All those guys are gone. Yeah. To Rowdy's point, I don't really understand why you guys think Wisconsin's defense would be better with Jim Leonard's system, right? I mean, they were ranked 30th in the country last year. They're around the same this year, but they don't have Nick Herbig. So I don't know. I don't know why you think it would be better. Um, they lost all their stars. Secondary has been pretty big, but that defensive line is going to have to man up because Northwestern is going to be coming for them, and they are feisty. Are they talented? No. Will they keep punching? Absolutely. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be an absolute rock fight. Well, we better see at the red zone because we're there at 1230 to 2.30 for the Zone Blitz pregame bash, and we need you there, but brother. We'll, we'll throw a couple back. Uh, again, okay? Don't give me that groan. Twist my arm, why don't you? Huh? Twist my arm, why don't I'll you? Be, I'll even buy you a drink. How about that? <laughs> catch me outside. How about that? How about, yeah, how about catch that? me outside by the Big Six TV. How about that? <laughs> and right by that ATM. We'll we love you, Vegabon. We'll see you there. See you, buddy.
Later. You know, for some of the people that were probably lowest on the Badgers this year, I don't know if I heard anyone really going under eight wins, which they got to win out to get to eight wins. So maybe those people that were on the low end could still hit their number. But it was pretty much a little, maybe one or two people with eight, a few nines that trickle in, and then 10, 11, and then your few 12s. I don't think anybody that was paying attention to Wisconsin football would have been biting their nails about a 2.30 kickoff in November against Northwestern. <laughs> and now we're- Especially not if you would have uh, talked to everybody the first week of September. Like, nobody would have said, yeah, I'm nervous about this Northwestern game. Or nobody would have been like, yeah, you know, I think we're going to lose to Indiana. Good times, bad times. A lot of bad times with the Packers. But we do have a good time. They got an effing win. Wow. Rob Reichel, habitual winner, Forbes.com, Conley Media, handsome as ever. Rabbi, the Packers won. Can you believe it? Well, if they can't beat Brett Ritman, who's now out of the league, Evo, uh, I, I'm not sure who you're ever going to beat. We talked about that on the show last week. So, um, yeah, it, uh, yes, I absolutely believe it. Uh, the, the, the lock of the year last week was the under on 38, not uh, not necessarily the point spread. I didn't know how that game would go point spread wise, but when it, when I saw love against Ritman and I saw it was 38, I. I, I would never have been on a Packer game. I'm not a big gambler, but that, that, that to me was the lock of the year. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob, uh, I mean, that offense, though, for the Packers, I, it still wasn't that great. I mean, I know they came on late uh, with that final drive there uh, to find, um, what was it, Mu- um, Musgrave in the end zone there. Um, right, Musgrave late. Yep. Don't, this offensive struggling and this woes, is that an indictment more on Matt LaFleur or? Aaron or uh, Jordan Love. I know it's a lot of things, but is it Devin more in Love or Lafleur? Probably played his best half of football as a Packer in the in the second half. He was twelve of thirteen, one hundred and sixty yards, a touchdown, no turnovers, a one forty three passer rating. The the first half, I'm with you, Evo. It, it was pretty ugly. He missed a lot of throws. His decision-making wasn't very good. Um, you know, the ball he underthrew to Watson. Now, who knows if Watson even catches it. But the one that he underthrows to Watson, that, that should have been a touchdown uh, in, the, in, the, in the deep left corner of the end zone right before halftime was a, was a really bad throw, Evo. He threw it late, and he underthrew it. I mean, that, that, that's a throw 30 quarterbacks in the league make without a problem. Watson was four, yard, four yards behind the defender there, Evo. But, you know, you he was much better love in the, in, in the second half. I mean, overall evil. Yes. There's some problems. I, that they definitely ran the ball a lot better last week at a season high, right? With 184 rushing yards. It was their most on the ground evil in almost a year. I thought they ran block uh, extremely well. Love took too many sacks. He was sacked four times, um, held the ball too long at, at various times. Evil I, I, again, though I, I I just don't know what people would expect dramatically different with this much youth on that side of the ball and and this many young guys running around at, at the skill positions. It's it's going to be a deal where if they're going to win football games, Evil probably 
you know, in the in the next month, the defense is going to have to be remarkable. It's going to it's going to have to be lights out. The defense was uh, on on Sunday. Well, that that was the fewest that points nice. the Rams had scored in a regular season game in you know in in Sean McVay's tenure there. McVay's been there 106 regular season games. Evo, that was the fewest points the Rams have scored. And um and and think about it, the Packers were down three starters in the in the secondary. They played without Quay Walker, Kenny Kenny uh, Kenny Clark left. Uh, about halfway through that game, Evo and, and didn't return, and you know, and 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 again, Rippin, Rippin's a guy who you know should be playing in Canada or whatever make believe league, is, you know, is going to be out there now, <laughs> other than the NFL. Um, but uh, you know, they 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 still had to go and get it done. The Rams do have pretty gifted wide receivers and okay running backs and and things like that, and that defense really stepped up, but. But Evo, just you know, it, it's going to be a lot different in the next month here, right? Coming up, it's it's Pittsburgh, a five and three team on on Sunday, uh, a phenomenal quarterback the next week, and Justin Herbert and the Chargers go to Detroit on Thanksgiving, and then bring the World Champion Chiefs into Green Bay the, the following week. The next four weeks, Evo, the the, the four teams, the Packers, Sierra combined twenty two and eleven, <laughs> and this three and this three and five record could get really ugly really quick. Robbie, I'm right there with you. I know that it was the Los Angeles Rams and Brett Rippon was playing quarterback and they're really beat up. But my two big takeaways were Aaron Jones got 24 freaking touches. Are you kidding me? Wow. Am I dreaming? And the second one was I couldn't believe the. I was actually really impressed with the defense like you had mentioned there because they had just traded away the leader and the captain of the defense they easily could have rolled over and said, well, you know, we have no energy. We're not coming out here and playing, but they looked good. They look good. Oh, they, they were outstanding. And, and again, they, they did it against the quarterback who's out of the league as we, as we do the show today and probably should have never been in the league last week to, to make that, that start. But, but, but Hey, let, let's look at the whole body of work for a second, guys, you know, on, on the season and Joe Barry, I know is public enemy number one, to a lot of people uh, the, the last couple of years. He, he shouldn't be this year because with, with the defense that, uh, I mean, let, let's be honest, they, they had a few holes coming into the year and Brian Gutekunst didn't address them. He didn't spend any money. He said, you know what, we're just going to roll with these mediocre or crappy safeties that, that, that are on the roster. We're, 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 we're just going to go with what we have up front. We're going to go with young guys on the defensive line, et cetera, et cetera. And, and as we do this right now, guys, they're, they're 10th in the league. The Packers are in scoring defense at 19-9 a game. They're 11th in total defense. And and I think if we told, we said at the start of the year that the, those would be the numbers, you, you would have taken that in a heartbeat. Mm. Um, and, and now you look at it, too, you, you know, boys, and, and, and think, think of this, okay? Rashawn Gary has played 42% of the snaps. Devondre Campbell has played 47% of the snaps. Jair is at 60 you know, Savage is who's hurt right now, and he's out is at 60% roughly of the snaps. Eric Stokes, guys, has played four snaps uh, through the course <laughs> of the season. Yeah. Four snaps, and they were all on special. Yeah, they got hurt again. Yeah, and, you know, and then on Sunday, they don't have Rudy Ford. They don't have Quay Walker. I mean, so they're doing this really with patchwork, uh, with a patchwork unit. Now, I, I do think there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Um, and a young guy the other day who has to step in, like Carrington Valentine, showed you that, that he might be a long-term answer at one of these cornerback spots, but but I do think you know with with the with the resources invested on that side of the ball, the the fact you know Green Bay continues to use a first-round draft pick every single year and multiple first-round draft picks in years like 2022 
when they went Walker and Wyatt and, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. The defense should be pretty good, but they have been beating nonsense on that side of the ball, guys. And, and, and that unit has held up extremely well. If the offense could come close to catching where the defense is and the offense could put together a reasonable first quarter or a reasonable first half, I think this team could, you know, find a way to get to eight, nine wins. But at the end of the day, I, that, that might not be possible in 2023. You might not see real substantial gains on the offensive side of the football until next season. Rob, um, I do want to save a little bit for the Brewers um, at the <laughs> at the end of here. So I do want to ask Are you, you sure? I'm, I'm, Rob, you have nothing but hot amazing takes uh i want to and when it comes to brewers they're very passionate love it but before that what happens uh in pittsburgh as the packers go there to take on the steelers and did i see that jair alexander now has got another injury sitting out of practice like what what happens yeah. what happens you, you, i i won't beat the heck out of the undersized bitch at corner too much today evo you know you know i'm not a fan <laughs> I, 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 I'm not a fan of taking five, nine corners, five, 10 Terrell Buckley like corners in the first place. And I know he played well his first couple of seasons, but he's been really beat up since 2021 when he missed almost that entire season. And then he, he absolutely, you know, blew the biggest tackle of the season in that 49er loss in, in the divisional playoffs. Now he's been hurt most of this year too. It's, yeah, here, here, and then they gave him the four-year, eighty-four million dollar contract on top of it all. Here, here's what I always say: if if a guy can't stay healthy, Evo and Nelly at 22, 23, 24 years old, do you think he's going to be healthier at twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty? And Christian Watson's the perfect example of that right now, too. And Jair Alexander is working his way into that discussion. When when you're in seven or eight car crashes a week, like these guys are in the middle of an NFL game, you know your body isn't getting better through the course of those car crashes, it's getting worse. And and if these guys can't stay on the field in their early to mid-20s, they're not going to stay on the field in their later 20s and their early 30s. So, yes, you're right, Evo. We'll, we'll see what happens with Alexander. But, but man, if, if, if he can't play, Rudy Ford was at least back on the practice field yesterday, uh, Evo. So, you know, he, he should be good to go come Sunday. But, but they could be down three starters in the back end again. Um, I guess the good thing for them – is they're playing a Pittsburgh team that has been remarkably mediocre to poor uh, on the on the offensive side of the ball. As much as people want to bang on Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett has been even worse for the for the Steelers with more interceptions than touchdowns. Um, you know Pittsburgh doesn't look pretty, guys, in any of these statistical things we'd go through. They're actually in the bottom five in most defensive, you know, most of the key defensive categories that that we pay a lot of attention to. Uh, yet they find a way to win games. They're five and three. They muck it up. It's ugly. It's almost like Iowa football. Um, they and and at the end of the day, they find up find a way to win the game. And and Evo, I would expect something similar. You know, maybe this is a ten nine game or something going Ugh. to the fourth. And, uh, yeah, thirteen eight, the thirteen ten. What I mean, it's it's not going to be pretty. Um, and and Pittsburgh finds a way to get a late score and and maybe wins this thing 2016 or something like that. But, again, I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. Pittsburgh Evo is 5-0 and all this year in one-score games. They just know how to get it done, kind of like Minnesota did last year. We, we know with Green Bay, they've struggled in those kind of games, right? They they, they lose the, the one-point game at the start of the year to Atlanta. They, they lose the close games at, at, at Las Vegas and, and then at Denver. You know, close games have not been Green Bay's forte, with this young offense and with a, with a young quarterback, 
it, hey, it would be a huge step in Jordan Love's progression to go on the road. And this, this is going to be a close game. It's going to be a one-score game when it's all said and done. And Jordan Love finds a way to pull this thing out, especially if it's late, Evo. But just the way both of these teams have played in those types of games through the course of the year, I think smart money is on football uh, on Pittsburgh to, to find a way to win a close football game. Well, Robbie, you have T.J. Watt healthy this year. They just got Cam Hayward back for that Thursday night game. And be it a Thursday night game, they get a midi buy to get ready here. I think you have yep. the better overall head coach, and they probably get Minka Fitzpatrick back. That's three big-time leaders of the defense. I'm with you. I think it's a pretty ugly game, but Pittsburgh finds a way to win. Your lock of the week this week, the Packers-Steelers first half under. Rob? <laughs> Rob? You know, you know, Matt LaFleur talked a lot yesterday just about the physicality and the toughness Pittsburgh plays with. And, and I, I thought to myself, they are the polar opposite of how the Green Bay Packers play, where every time Christian Watson gets taken to the ground, he leaves the football game. And, and Pittsburgh, a guy there, would, would almost have to have his leg amputated to leave the field playing for Mike Tomlin. The difference on the – Nelly, you touched on this. The difference on the two head coaches and the level of physicality and the toughness that their teams play with are dramatically different. They're night and day, and it's probably why Pittsburgh wins this game at the end of the day because they are the tougher outfit. Matt LaFleur, well, someone, a listener said this last week or two weeks ago, Matt LaFleur, his eyebrows are more prepared than his game plan. Robbie? That's a very smart listener. I'll, I'll just say that. Well, we have the smartest, Rob. Come on, Robbie. All right. <laughs> RobReichelForbes.com, Conley Media. This is uh, this is Robbie's passion now. Craig Council is a Mo- or Craig Council, the Milwaukee Brewers, as we once were told, legend, is now the manager of the Chicago Cubs. What did Rob Reichel think when this all went down? What does he think now? It's the same thing I've been telling you guys for two or three years on this show. It wasn't a David Stearns problem. It's not a Craig Council problem. This is all a Mark Antonio problem. <laughs> if you guys have a lousy boss, if I have a lousy boss, and we get a different job that pays us double or 50% more, I'm going to take you out for drinks, Evo, and I'm going to high-five the heck out of you because I'm going to say, nice job getting away from that turd of a boss. And that is what Craig Council and David Stearns have done here in the last 12 months. They have gotten away from a turd of an owner, a guy who needs to sell that baseball team as soon as possible because the problem in Milwaukee was not a Craig Council problem. He's born and bred. He bleeds, he bleeds Wisconsin. He bleeds Milwaukee. He bleeds Whitefish Bay. In a perfect world, if Craig Council is working for the right guy and the right owner, he's not going anywhere. But we all know by now this isn't the right owner. You know, you, you even saw it last week when it came time to pay one of the players that helped him get to the playoffs, Mark Canna. What does the owner do? He demands they ship him out of town for a, for a guy who probably should be pitching in the home talent league, right? A, a double-A pitcher who's already 25 years old. I mean, what what a joke. And this, this, is, this is the owner that's asking for $700 million from the taxpayer. They need to give him the double bird the way Craig Thompson gave <laughs> gave Mark Atanasio the double bird. Not a nickel for that guy until he sells the baseball team. He sells the baseball team. I'm all in. Give him the money. But don't give this, don't give this guy another cent. It's, uh, again, this is a Mark Atanasio problem, and it's just too bad we're all stuck living with it. <laughs> I'd never change, Rob Reichel. I freaking love you, man. 
That was great. Hey, Robbie, real, yes or no? Badgers beat Northwestern Saturday? Hi. <laughs> you can't beat Indiana. You can't beat Indiana. I guess anything's possible, but let's let 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 let's finish this with a with a note of optimism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. They, yes. They, yes. They find a way, but again, not going to be pretty, right? Not going to be pretty. We're we're at that stage now with Wisconsin football and Packer football, where a lot of these Saturdays and Sundays aren't real pretty. Rob, that was one pretty segment. I'll tell you that one. You the man, Robbie. We love you. We'll talk later. All right. Work at Anasio. Forbes.com, Conley Media. The Milwaukee Brewers. Well, you got the GM meetings going on. And there's some uh, there's some interesting little tidbits coming out, Rowdy, about Matt Arnold and what uh, may or may not happen here with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, outside of moving the freaking uh, the, the franchise elsewhere, the, so, here, quote, the sources briefed on Brewers discussions but not authorized to discuss them publicly. Say the team is open to moving virtually any player on its roster. This process effectively has begun, and the Brewers sending outfielder Mark Canna to the Tigers for a pitching prospect uh, continued teardown, considering the Brewers' current position would not be without logic and might be even proper course. Yeah, and if if you go one step further and you look at what Matt Arnold has said, he's talking about how they're looking at taking a fresh look at everything they've done. So... (laughs) Are we finally getting away from this bites at an apple type of deal, that type of strategy where it's like, yeah, we're going to be competitive enough to the point where we'll be considered a middling team where any given year we can win 80 to 90 games, but we'll really never, ever be a threat to truly win the World Series. And are they going into the, you know what? It's time for a legitimate rebuild, not a, you know, year, year and a half rebuild, but maybe two, three years and see what we can do. I'm here for it. I I don't truly think you can win in a small market unless you fully strip it down, rebuild, have that. Obviously, you have to. And this all coincides with the general manager's got to do his job. He's got to hit on draft picks. He's got to hit on international signings. But if you can do that and and build a team and a core of players that all come up at the same time that are all relatively cheap and then you can go out and buy what you need and see if you can put yourself in those top few teams in baseball. Look at what the Royals did. That's how they won their World Series. That's how they got to two back-to-back years. That's how you have to do it if you're a small market team that can't just go out and spend. So I'm fully on board with if they trade virtually anyone because I see it as this. You can keep relatively this same core of players that they've had since 18 through the 23 season. And you could probably hold on to being a middling fringe wildcard team for one more year, but then you're just, it's almost like you're prolonging the inevitable because then all those guys would basically walk into free agency and you didn't get anything for them. And all you really did was extend your window of one more wildcard at best type season. Instead hit the rebuild early, trade a ton of pieces and let's not see if we can have some of the Weemers and the Freelicks and the Weemers. Mitchells and, and the Aaron Ashby's who will be healthy next year. Some of those guys grow in the next couple of years while you're rebuilding. And then by the time that they're getting to their you know arbitration or they're getting towards the, the last year or two of their arbitration, you have a legitimate team that you can say this is, for a matter of fact, a playoff contender. Because the Brewers, they do have a ton of pieces that they potentially could trade. Yeah. 
Uh, we say good morning to Z and the D. Good morning, gentlemen. What's up, Z? Not much. How you living? What's new? You were like MIA for a while. You came My back. My throat's been killing me lately. Oh, thanks for bringing it in today. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You thanks for bringing steal. in COVID-24. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we got to kick it off right. Well, listen, um, I've, I've had, I had COVID. Couldn't, I was just bored. Lost, lost my taste and my smell with it besides just being bored. Just a headache for me. I'm a pure blood. You can't bring this falcon down, baby. Like, we're, we're, we're GTG. We are good to go. So we're all good, Z. Well, what's new, bro? Um, as a Red Sox fan, I mean, Brewers is a little different, right? I mean, we have G-Dub and Dougie here saying that the Brewers are basically just a, uh, a farm system for the rest of the majors. I heard that. Yeah. That's, that's been the knock on the Brewers. People say that for a really long time. Uh, yes, he is, Z and the D is in the studio, G-Dub. He's right to the left of me. I'll get on camera later, G-Dub. Yeah, he's very handsome. Don't worry. Uh, but he says, you know, what, this is essentially it um, for G-Dub and Dougie, who aren't the biggest of baseball fans, but when there's <laughs> when the going gets tough and then they like to throw their opinion in here, and then they like to just kind of give up, saying that, whoa, so we have Jackson Cheerio. Well, we'll, we'll bring him up. We'll see, uh, you know, let him get his skill set, you know, under his belt, and then trade him away for prospects. Is that kind of like the, the plight of a Brewers fan? As a Red Sox fan that you are, a little different because there's money, right? It just depends on, like, what he turns out to be if he's, like, the next. I remember uh, me and Doug talking about it. Why can't we get a Bryce Harper? Why can't we get a Soto? It's like, well. Because they don't come around very they often. They don't come around that often. And, yes, the the farm system for the Brewers doesn't hit as hard as some other farm systems, but they have been hitting at some point. I think you said at the clip, a lot of them are, like, at 26% hit clip or something like that, which was, like, middle tier for Brewers or something like that. So it just depends on, like, how they bring them up and stuff like that. But, yeah, being a Red Sox fan, I totally understand their frustration a little bit being losing a player to another team for money. But it just, it's 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 the business. That's just how it is. Well, and so to Dougie and G-Dub's point about how, oh, we're just going to bring them up, raise them as me own, and then we're going to trade them, it's different in, in baseball. Because in baseball, say you end up bringing Jackson Cheerio up by – May of next year and say he does kick off good. Well, you would still in theory have him under contract for like six more years between pre-arbitration contracts, arbitration. He'd have at least three years of arb after like you would have him if you brought him up by 20 until he was like 26. So you would still have a lot of years if he has is as good as advertised and he is the next Bryce Harper yeah. type player. You'd still have him for six years before you even thought about having to to, to trade for him because that's how baseball works. Now, baseball, once you get out of your pre-arb, once you get out of your arbitration, then you can cash in for the next, you know, 14 years of his career where he might sign for $30 million a year. But he is still under contract for a solid six years once he comes up that he's the Brewers. And the Brewers could take the route of the Atlanta Braves where they allow these guys to develop about two years in and then they're like sign them for eight-year deals. Like you're looking at Albi- Azuna, Azuna or... Albies is uh yeah Ozzy year, Albies yeah eight years seventy two million that's a cheap deal well I and mean, the Brewers have kind of done that with Freddie Peralta yep which he still has three more years left under his contract and he's making less than twenty two million dollars between those three years which is in the starting pitching market today Freddie Peralta is fetching above twenty million dollars a year if he was on the market easy yep Aaron Ashby he's under contract for the next I believe it's like five years for a total of over 20 some million that's cheap as hell too especially if Ashby 
reaches the the ceiling that appeared to be there in 2021 before kind of the bad luck 2022 and the shoulder stuff. So that still, in theory, could be a very cheap deal moving forward. Boys, trade Yelly, trade Burns. If you can, yeah, hundred percent. It depends on like what do you get in for them. Trade Adamas, trade like you're not willing to move off a of Christian Yelich. Trade Hank the Don for a double A pitcher that's twenty five like Marcana. No. But with a resurgent year from Christian Yelich, he's still under contract for five more seasons. It's over twenty six million dollars a year. If you could move him <sighs> for a prospect or two that are actually well rated. Yeah, get out of that now so then you can't use that anchor around your neck of an excuse of the Christian Yelich deal. <laughs> I mean, you look at this roster, guys that they could move in the blink of an eye. Well, clearly, if you're talking about guys that have been around for a while and have a bit of substance to them, Corbin Burns, Willie Peralta, Rowdy Telez, Adrian Hauser, then you get into more of the big boys. Clearly, they could still, if they could find a deal, Christian Yelich, you want to you want to get into the the guys that they could trade that are potentially really would fetch a ton and they're cheap. Freddie Peralta would also be one of them. You want to look at uh, relief pitchers that have a year or two left of control that maybe you get out ahead of it and get as much as possible. Hobie Milner's coming off of two big years. He still has two years of arbitration. Tyrone Taylor's another guy that fourth outfielder might fetch you a, a you know a prospect. You could really strip this down, and then we would get to see what is Sal Freelick, what is Garrett Mitchell, what is uh, Joey Weimer, what is Jackson Cheerio. Because in theory, if you traded Tyrone Taylor and Christian Yelich, that could be your starting four, exactly. or I guess your your four man outfield. Well, you go three, and then one of them's the DH, or one of them can learn a di- different position. Hey, Z, thanks for bringing in some Zen. Need nope. a little something, something. No problem. There's also no reason to keep, if you're going to strip this thing down, there's no reason to keep a good bullpen. Good for now. Because there's no reason whatsoever to have a good bullpen. Check me off. If you're going to be a crappy team. It's true. The only reason you would sign veteran arms if you knew you were going to be crappy is to literally flip them at the deadline. Like, uh, what did the Brewers do a few years ago? They brought in, was it uh, Phillips from the Yankees that had had a couple of good seasons? Yep. He turns out to to be a, another old Brewer signee where he's a guy a little past his prime, but they fix him, and then they flip him. Bush. He Matt, Bush got a series, uh, Matt, Matt Bush got a World yeah, Series ring. He got a ring. He didn't pitch. Matt effing Bush got a World Series ring. I know. From, from going from the Florida Penal League to getting a World Series ring. Well done for Matt quite Bush. quite the story. It really is. We could be looking at a Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauser starting rotation to a, and this is if they really went hardcore at it. Hardcore. You're starting, you're starting rotation being like an Ashby, Colin Ray, Jansen junk, Ethan small, or maybe like, um, like one of your prospects out of the, out of triple a yep. like, and, and that would be brutal to see compared to what you had, but you would be getting a ton back. And again, this bullpen, it doesn't have to be good for a couple of years. If you decide to really trade everyone, you could get rid of a lot of the guys in the bullpen that are already into arbitration. That would be like the likes of Bryce Wilson, who pitched really well this year at his best season. That would be like the likes of um, Joel Piams, who's into his arbitration and threw the ball really well. So, I mean, there's a number of guys to get rid of. I just, I can't believe that this would actually happen. I thought the Brewers would be a middling team for about as long as Mark Ananasio was the owner. 
But well, he's remember, got a, he's got a soccer club to worry about now. Ebo, remember when I said that lo- uh, losing Craig Council or getting rid of Craig Council could be, could the, be best the best thing, thing the that ever happens to the Brewers because they Look at finally Mr. positive over here. They finally started a legitimate rebuild where they just said, screw it, we're going to be crappy, we're going to get as much value as possible, because I don't think the Brewers, as a small market, can half-ass a rebuild, get enough pieces, and keep enough players long-term with money to legitimately be a World Series contender for maybe outside of one off crazy season that they have. So this is from Ken Rosenthal. Brewers owner Marco Anasio said in the past he's opposed a complete rebuild, but at this point, does the team have much choice? Burns, Woodruff, Goners, Williams almost uh, certainly uh, after 2025, and the Brewers trade their previous closer, Josh Hader, when he's under club control for one plus seasons. If they followed the same time frame with Williams, they'd trade him at this year's deadline. The breakup of this team is inevitable. It's just a matter of how proactive the Brewers want to be in moving this process. You know why Mark Anasio might have finally came up with the decision to say fine let's do it let's rebuild he's gonna sell the team he could sell the team but also think about how he's trying to buy extra time where he has a Matt Arnold who knows it's all about job security he's only in his first year and now you have all this turmoil happening and and turnover Matt Arnold could sell it as yeah let's rebuild because then he gets what three years Three, four years of rebuild. Then he gets to try and build on top of it. Next thing you know, dude's already been working in the front office for seven, eight years, and no one's questioned it because it was a rebuild. Mark Ananasio can say, well, you know, we're going into a rebuild. The team's not going to be as good, but we'll have fun events. Then he's yeah. off Then he's off the hook for having to compete and win every year of this window. Boys. And then if he ends up wanting to sell it, or it turns out that actually wins, and then he finally gets his... This is the perfect plan for, I think, everybody. When the Brewers get bad, they put distractions in front of you, much like, you know, you know government does that with the mainstream media. Look whatever. over here. Yeah, well, something else is going on. What did we get when the Brewers were last really bad? Hank the dog. Hank the dog was all the rage. I was going to say positive PED test. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Hank the, as everyone's over here complaining about, you know, PED tests, which may or may not have happened for Ryan Brown. I still think he's innocent. They started shoving Hank the dog in your face. And everyone's like, oh, look at that kid. He's a good boy. And everyone loved it. Brewers bad. Here's Hank the dog. Here's what we're going to get. More Paige Sporanic nights. Paige Sporanic will be at American Family Field minimum two times this coming season. And you know what? I bet X will be pumped up. The little um, concert series. The concert series. By the the way, Green Day, especially Pumpkins coming to American Family Field. The bar and restaurant scene that they're talking about. That'll be pumped up. So when they're they're really sucking and they're... Page for, better, for lack greets. of a better term, tanking and selling off. They're going to be showing all of the concerts. They're going to be showing the, you know, come out to the runner up bar and here's our little Love brewer district. Bar. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. That's what they'll do. And then they can all sell it and they'll, everyone will be all happy and merry and buy hook, line, and sinker for, you know, up to three to five seasons of a rebuild. But the one thing where it Look could really cool turn. Events. It'll, it wouldn't turn on Matt Arnold or Mark Ananasio until like year five if the team, they just didn't hit and no one's good and they still suck. Then people are really going to be pissed. I can't wait for double up on Paige Brannick nights. Let's go, baby. I'm in. Grant Bills is going to be really excited. Now, if something does spark from this, this baseball triangle, um, can we have like a yeah, radio Jerry Springer show? Oh. Was Jerry Springer ever on the radio? I think he started as a... I think that's why he started his career on the radio. Because obviously you get more out of it when there's TV. RIP, by but the way, we still do here. have cameras on here for Twitch. Yeah. Let's get Grant Bills in here, too. We'll yep. some, unless he's got some, some stuff to do. We'll ask some dating advice from Grant Bills as well. Well, thankfully. I'm so far out of the game. I, when I was 
I didn't. I've never used a dating app. Like Tinder, what is it? Bumble, uh, Hinge. Never. I've never even. I've only lived vicariously through Rowdy when I see when I try to swipe right on him when he, uh, an attractive lady comes. <laughs> that up was on after a, what uh, Badger game a couple of years ago. The <laughs> <laughs> <Grand> redheads. <laughs> ben Kenny. The Ben. Kenny. Good morning, Grand Bills. Morning, fellas. How are we doing today, brother? I think Z's got a I'm present good. for you. You want a, was it a burrito? Yeah. You want a burrito, Grant? From our friends at Quick Trip? I'll take a burrito. I was just uh, visiting our friends at Quick Trip. Got a nice big thing of uh, Cafe Caruba. Oh. Nice. Nice, buddy. Nice. Um, Grant. Yes. Let's say hypothetically, like you are on a baseball team, a hometown baseball team. Mm-hmm. My hometown baseball team? Uh, hometown. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Sure. Your area. Whatever. Okay. So you're, let's say you're dating someone. Okay. About a year, year and a half dating. You guys got a house together, moving real quick, right? And then all of a sudden you, you break up. And um, you're like, oh, well, I, can't, I just can't do this relationship anymore. And you break up, you sell the house, yada, yada, yada. Okay. And then about, uh, you know another guy on your baseball team who's kind of got a crush on the girl that you just broke up with. Mm-hmm. About a year, eight months to a year later, that guy that you knew had a crush on the girl that you broke up with about a year ago is now dating her. Would you have a problem with your teammate dating the girl that you once dated and broke up with? Am I close buddies with the teammate? Uh, you're, yeah, I mean, you're teammates. Um, you're acquaintances. Top 20. Yeah. You're not like best buds, but you're buds. You're not in the top three best friends. No. Mm. Would you have a problem? See, this is a sticky situation we have ourselves here. Um, I think I could find a way to be there. There's a chance that I could find a way to but be you've okay also, with it. You've also dated within that year from other some other women. As yeah, well, and right? I, well... So I've been out and about as well in the last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I could. You got your line in the water. You're if this is some roundabout way to make me accept what Craig Council did, I'm, I'm rejecting oh, no. <laughs> Okay. I was like, <laughs> you can't even stop thinking about Craig Council. There's nothing to do with Craig Council. If this is some roundabout <laughs> trap to get me to see reason, it's not going to work. No. I, I think I can find a way to be okay with it, though. It, it happens sometimes. This is, this is, I'm talking about Z and the D right here. Oh, he's, already is. He's dating a, he's dating a girl. <laughs> look how ready he is, though. I mean, look. <laughs> this is about Craig Council. <laughs> I mean, Not everything's about Craig Council, Grant. I mean, sometimes it happens. It, it happened in college with one of my buddies. Uh, two, two friends in the group were dating. It didn't work out. And then another friend stepped in, and they're still dating. They're probably going to get married to the state. It happens, It's you know, but it's something you got to deal with, You Z. can't fight love. You can't, but... When you love someone in that, it's always going to be there. Like, ah, is that buddy? There's always going to be that little. How'd you think this was going to tie into Craig Council, by the way? I'm like, well, curious. the Cubs have been courting him for the last year. He I didn't take that deal. Yeah, everything's about Craig Council this week. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing at your um, at Wisco Grandis Twitter account. Uh, people arguing to put what was it? Um, not Josh Hader against the Nationals. Oh, the takes were... It was put in Brent Suter or... Jay Jackson. Uh, it, Can I just say one thing? Go the ahead, reason Robbie. why I'm I'm just kind of enjoying this Craig Council drama Terrible. is because all of the people... It's about Craig uh, Ebo will know this. Z and the D probably knows you this. You want to I'm okay. Out of Thanks. the last... Since 2017, the guy that's probably criticized Craig Council more than most media would be me. I yep. hate some of his pitching changes. I'll say it. I disagree with it, though mm-hmm. I can still say I mm-hmm. think strategy-wise, he's probably a top-five manager. Okay. But there are some things I just... No, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. I get criticized by people that basically you couldn't critique Craig Council at all because he was Craig Council, Wisconsin guy, Brewers manager. Now those same people or Twitter accounts that would just put it out there that have a big following, uh-huh. they're 
nitpicking every little thing he's ever done. Uh, And it's like such a turn of events. I'm just sitting here chuckling because I'm like, I remember when someone else would say something like that. And it was a defend Craig Council at all costs. And now he's just. I would never. I would never go back and revise history. He's an outstanding manager. And I don't think the the playoff failures last couple years have been his fault. That being said, um, he's just (laughs) just a piece of garbage. I I got a clip from Ben Kenny last night of him commenting about Craig Council on WIP last night. Did he call him a scumbag? Yeah. Yeah, Ben Kenny called him a scumbag. Yeah, W. Yeah, but Massive that's, that's, w. Like a, that's like a normal term for Philly sports talk radio. Yeah, that's how sports are supposed to work. They're supposed to be loyalty and tribalism in sports. I just love yeah, the fact professional that, sports, there's no, more, there's no more loyalty. Well, then... Well, Only Giannis is loyal. And that'll probably come like, to an end sometime, Look at LeBron. Too. He was the Cleveland kid. He went to Miami. And Gilbert, he became the villain. And Gilbert ruined him. What, yeah. What if yeah. what if Craig Council has the hero story and the hero's journey of LeBron, where he goes to Chicago, the evil empire, aka Miami, becomes the villain for five years, then signs back with the Brewers and when they the rebuild, when they rebuild and take five years to get crappy and get all their players, and then spend a little money, and he goes, huh. Actually, you know, my kids are all out of the house. The wife's still living in Whitefish Bay. I'm yeah. coming back, and in that five-year contract. He wins the World Series for the Milwaukee. Well, that'll, that'll be different. I, I don't see the tie of see happening, but it'd be cool. I don't <laughs> see the tie Same. of the the Cleveland Miami rivalry. That's not comparable to Brewers Cubs. That's yeah, not. But he became the villain. They were burning sure. his jersey. They, he be, but he he became the villain because the he owner, left. He could have gone to anywhere and they the would have burned his jersey. The owner basically told him that he sucked and f off. What was that? Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert, notorious and now nice he's, guy. Now he's in L.A. I mean, I, I don't know. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna make me feel better about this with any of your jokes or any of your hypothetical. This it, it is what it is. Well, okay. What if they beat the Cubs and are better than the Cubs next year? Even though they sold like half. Craig the team, Council eventually be. retires, <laughs> yeah, as true. everyone eventually retires. Mm-hmm. He comes back to Milwaukee, not to get his number retired or his name up there. Mm-hmm. For what will you be there at American? If it's still American Family Field, and clap for Craig Council when they retire his number. No. Or put his name up in the. In the no, bowl. they shouldn't put his name up in the in the. They shouldn't retire. You see some of the like reports that. on Craig Council how he was because obviously he went from playing to front office, correct, and then became manager. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you're sitting there because Craig Council from some of the reports really enjoyed the hands on, the scouting, the the manipulation of rosters, correct. What if that was his big thing? But they already had David Stearns, and they're like, "Well, you're such a good baseball guy. Why don't you go manage?" And he happens to be really good at that. But his true love is front office, and he wanted more front office pull. And they're like, no, we're not giving that to you. Because I feel like in the NFL, how many guys can be great head coaches and general managers at the same time? Like you're, tr- you're trying to do too much. Yeah, yeah and in, well, it's a massive job in baseball. You have international scouting. You have It's it's just compl- it's not so comparable. What if he all? worms his way back in after Chicago, maybe not as a manager, but as a front office guy, and then he assembles the winning team? I will not think about him or care about him. Where does Mark Anazio fall in this in this I'm mad at you? I'm actually given um I, I, like Mark's a problematic owner because he doesn't have as well it's not his fault he doesn't have as much money as other owners and I think he's what do you mean? he's bought a 12% stake in in a in a team across the pond. Yeah, that's and, that's, and, that's, that's, that's like the 15th that's like nothing. He's middle tier highest And by the way that poor fan base worth? they're going to be for net worth yeah. Uh, I, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. He's low on the list. I, he, he I thought no. He's like I want to say 15 area. Uh, we could look it up. Yeah. I know he's not the Ricketts, and he's not Steve Cohen. 
Um, and we don't have like an L.A. Dodger group with Magic Johnson fronting it. No, but Council reneged on Anasio and Matt Arnold were like, hey, we've built up this relationship with Craig. If you're not sure what you want to do, we'll give you time. We'll let you look around. If you want to interview other other places, you want to think about stepping away. And then out of nowhere, he calls him on Monday. and It's like, hey, it's the Cubs. Bye. And that was that he was said bad. it was shocking. It was shocking. Um, yeah. Grant, when the segment started with the analogy that yeah. I was given for Z and the D, my brother Doogie just texted me. He said, "I just tuned in when Grant came in, and I thought you guys were talking about Craig Council too. So you, you weren't alone. <laughs> I thought you were, you were setting, alone in Craig. You were you were you were setting me up for for no, something. I didn't have Craig on the brain. This is like, a good topic. I, I wish I would have. I wish I would have let my guard down right away and, and served Zach's topic and his situation a little better. I think he's fine. Your name's Zach, right? I've never asked you. <laughs> Z, I, I don't know why I called you. I don't know why I called you. Z, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for the breakfast. No problem, guys. Thanks for the Zen. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate it. A little, little head rush, you know? Ooh, what a rush. Grant, how was, uh, how was the huddle with uh, Bill Michaels last night? huddle was actually pretty lit. Yeah? Was, I, I had a good time. That's a fun show, man. Um, where, where was Bill at? Uh, I think Bill was just at home. Oh, okay. In stu- well, I, I assume he didn't mention where he was, so I assume oh, he's okay, in gotcha. studio. I just love when Bill goes out and about. People like are standing ovations in and out of breaks. It's, I love it's, it. It's, it's awesome. like a live studio. He needs a band. <sighs> yeah. Like uh, all the, the late night show. Well, some of them still have the live band. Grant, um, uh, let's see here. Little Birdie told me you don't have plans this weekend. Hey, now. Careful. Why, why do you ask? Well, I mean, we're just going to be at the red zone from 1230 to 230 for the Zone Blitz pregame bash. If, if you wanted to. What time? Twelve thirty to two thirty. So I have plans on getting unbelievable. Ta- no, 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 no. I have plans to get tanked tomorrow night on Willie Street. Uh, Are you going to Crystal Corner? I, I think I will be. That a boy. So why not? Uh, why not a little, little more on Saturday? It's called a bender. You just roll that right into Saturday. I got Call of Duty downloaded last night. Oh, uh, the. Um... What, what is the new one now? Three. Modern Warfare 3. Yeah, they're just redoing names now. They just oh. redid two like four times. Grant's a new proud owner of a PlayStation 5. He's ready to just really fully and I, I tell you what, I would have spent twice the amount. The experience of sitting down and feeling that control. As someone who's had an old PS4 forever. Oh, oh. It's nice. I feel like I am driving a Ferrari. All right, boys. We're the- <laughs> if Bill Michaels was to have a band, I'm going to guess he's lead singer. Where's, I was just trying to think of what the band Mike would be Clem- named. Where's Happy Mike Clemens? Combo. What, what instrument is Mike playing? Oh, Accordion. Interesting. He feels like a uh, uh, like a keyboardist, piano, yeah. bassist, some real technical. Yeah, N- not a jump around frontman type. No, I could see Bill being like Sting from the Police, like he's singing and playing bass at the same yeah, time. Yeah, 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 I yeah, yeah totally. Like I like that. Bill's definitely the, the frontman though. Monica. Yeah. <laughs> Z, thanks for coming in. No Appreciate problem, it, brother. Guys.